I'm Peter Jones, and welcome to The Foyne Jones Show. This podcast will be combining personality, passion, and our love of football, alongside industry and recruitment news. Our amazing guests will share their personal stories and also explain what they get up to when they're not at work. After after a terrible journey, battling the M23, the M25 and all those roads out of Essex, I'm joined by Dan Holiday of DTS Building Materials. Is that right? Pleasure to be here. Dan, it's absolutely fantastic to have you as a guest of the Foyne Jones Show. So we're going to get you to tell your story. You're going to bring to life your career within construction supplies. You're going to tell us about that eureka moment or that bump, in the, bump on the head when you uh, decided I'm going to going to risk the lot and set myself up set myself up with my own business, my own identity and my own future. Talk to us about working with family, what that, what the highs and lows of working with family, and I can bring a bit of life into that myself. But more importantly, have fun and talk about your interests outside of work. Dan, welcome to the show, mate. Nice to see you. Good to have you here. So let's, let's, let's make it real for the listeners and uh, my connections and your connections on LinkedIn. Tell us a little bit about yourself, mate, who you are, where you're from, why you're here. Okay, so I'm Dan, 29 years old, and... I fell into construction like most people by accident. Prior to that, I was working as an advertising exec, and prior to that, I was doing a degree in music. We're going to come on to the music a bit later, mate. Whilst I was at university, I found a bug for sales. I was a kitchen and bathroom designer for Homebase. Decided to pursue a passion. I wanted to change the world of recording and went off and did a degree in music to to produce music. Whilst I was at university, I was immediately put off by the idea of the fact that I could do as good a job working out of my living room as I could having in a million pound studio with the way technology had moved forward. And from doing a bit of freelance work, what I really lost was the buzz to earn money because I love commission. Mm. Love it. Um, and so... We were not that idea on the head as soon as I graduated and I did another year of working at home base before I found myself working for Dale Joinery, doing quoting, doing follow-ups, making sure paperwork was in order, etc. etc. So so you start you so so that sounds like you started right in the dark right in the dark end, right in the dark place at yeah. the bottom and you and you're in a massive manufacturer there, aren't you? Yeah, it's it was an oddity really because at, at, at first I was kind of a trial member of staff. They didn't really know what they wanted my position to be, they didn't know what I was doing. And I think that's really, for me, what, what grabbed my attention. Now, we definitely work on positions like that. that it, it, it grabbed me because it, it had that kind of start-up ethos, but we're, we're in a company that, that's worth a hell of a lot of money. I mean, mm. Dale are owned by the PTTG Group, who are Mumford & Wood, Dale, Timberwindows.com. So having that security of, of all these big manufacturers, the risk felt a lot smaller on me as, as the opportunity, and I went, well... If I'm good at enough of what this this is, if it lasts me six months until I find what my true passion is, mm. thumbs up. So, yeah, I, I, I kind of stuck at it and, and just did paperwork for for six months. Got good at quoting, got good at following up. I'm talking to people. I mean, I, I don't shy away from a conversation if I'm given the opportunity. And, yeah, from, from there, I, I saw what my my boss was doing. I went, I want a bit of that. And so, so pushed myself then to, to the next stage, which was being an Aero Sales Manager.
So we're going back to we're going back to that journey. So we've arrived in the office junior capacity, yep. and you're making that you're doing that sort of you're having those thoughts that lots of us have in a career. I certainly had them in my early days. That you know I quite fancy my boss's job, yep. and I quite fancy my boss's boss's job. And what does that fella do out there with that red shiny car? Yep. And these are all exciting thoughts. So so talk me through, take me through the next stage of that journey then that took you from. Being the junior in the office, yeah. to, to, to where, where you were or where, where you got to? So, as it became apparent that I was quite good at making the phone calls, ensuring that the appointments were followed up and making sure that everything was in order. And uh, lo and behold, at this point, the sales director had put his notes in. And so there was this whole hoo-ha. We were at the Home Builder Renovation Show at the NEC at the time. We are all overnight. We are all sharing beers and all that kind of thing. And... Uh, we get pulled to one side and say, right, Richard's leaving us. And kind of, my eyes kind of go, pound signs. This is what I'm going to ask for. If I don't get it, it's not yeah. going to be that disappointing. It's still in the plan, but, yeah. you know, this is an opportunity for me to dive straight Lots of people end. will think that. You know, yeah. lots of people will have that fault, but perhaps won't have that confidence, naivety, you know, stupidity, yeah. or just damn yeah. well belief in their own ability to ask that question. Because yeah. it's a moment of truth, isn't it? Is yes. it? It's only there once, it. that opportunity. So, so for, for me, it was like, well, we, it was announced then that Matt was getting the, the national role. Uh, and I basically pulled him aside and said, what does that mean for me? And at that point, he said, just wait. And within six months, I was driving a blue Volvo. You got a blue car? I got a blue Volvo and it was awful. I hated it. The but car or it job? was mine. The car or the I job? I loved the job. I you loved the it. job, you just didn't like the car? I loved it. I did. So, in total, I was. My, my first there. company car was a white Ford Escort, mate. Nice. Yes, mate. Nice. Yeah. And I was driving around the mean streets of Peckham, Robber Ive, and New Cross. So, Del Boy's manner. Suits your image. Suits yeah, your image, I mean, so. it's, I can still carry it off now, mate, to be fair. So, blue Volvo. Area sales manager? Area sales manager. What area were you covering? Who were you so, selling to? So I was, effectively my job was merchant support. Yeah. So I was going around builders merchants saying, give me your customers, I'll sell your windows. In a nutshell, I covered an area that was just south of, at the time it was just south of Lincoln and ran diagonally to where we are today in Brighton. So that's a sort small of, place. It's small, a relatively ge- geographically small, small area, small area geographically. yeah. I mean, in the first year, I, I racked huge. up... You wait. In the first year, I racked up somewhere like 25,000 miles, just getting to know people. Yeah. I, I, they kind of gave me a little bit of leeway. The number, numbers never dropped. Did you have favourite service stations? And favourite like favourite points to stop? You know, good, lanes, to- good toilet facilities here, good, good sandwich one. here. Yeah, Clacket you know. yeah, Lane's a good one. Uh, Cobham's a nice one. If I had to stay overnight, Cobham was the, yeah. was the go-to. New Cobham. New Cobham, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, it, it was. Well, I don't want to send people to sleep, but I've got a favourite on the uh, on the M40. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. What, Beaconsfield. That's the one, mate. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Best service. Got it all going on. It's got all going on. Best I could have a bet. I could have a drink. I could have a Nando's. Yeah. You know, and I could have a kip. Mm. It's got it all going on. Well, I've got Nando's at Cobham as well, mate. Yeah. Tell you what, though, mate, we're, we're digressing now. <laughs> and, and you know, this is this is what we bring to the Foyle Jones yeah. show. We start talking about you. We start talking about your journey. We arrive in your dream job, yeah. And we then digress into the, the strengths of That's the service it. stations on the on oh. the motorway network of but Great Britain. Ultimately speaking, as an area sales manager, if you can get yourself into a nice services, that makes your day. Yeah. It's better than the side of a road. It is. It um, is. And it's actually it's actually knowing where to meet as well. It's, it. it's not being that that that. 
you know, person who doesn't use their brain that works, mm. that, that wants to meet and have a chat in a that's coffee it. shop where everyone's bumping into that's you. It. It's being that person that knows that just the next junction up, there's a nice hotel with a nice quiet bar or lounge area where we can talk really nicely. Yeah, well, it's like if you if you want to meet someone at South Mims, drive a little bit further and meet in the big Sainsbury's. There you go. Not rocket science. Meet there somewhere there you nice. Go. So, so I, I know your old man's going to be listening, mate. How is he? He is very well. Is he he's, still feeling the pain as a Nottingham Forest fan? I think he's going to be feeling yeah. the pains until the day he dies. Yeah, I mean, we can wallow in misery when we're back in the championship. We can just, don't. you know, we can just keep it real. Don't. I mean, that, that bloody football team is the reason that I don't enjoy football. Yeah. Well, we're going <laughs> we're to we're bring a bit about that into the, into, the, into, the, into the penalty shootout because you've got about five football teams in your life and you don't really support any of them, do no. you? So no. we're going we're to ask you how you prioritise. But, but, you know, you're working with your father. Right? Oh, yeah. You're working with your old you're working with your daddy what's that like and is it good I couldn't ask for a better and, and his face is going to go bright pink <laughs> at this point um, I couldn't ask for a better role model to, to sort of work Fair with play. he's phenomenally sort of switched on he's great at communicating with people and he's got a completely different set of skills to what I've got mm. which when you're working in a small office with each other We've got a very similar personality, we've both got a very similar sense of humour, but we don't clash on the jobs that we're doing. I'm, I'm a salesman through and through, it's all I've really done since yeah. I left school. Um, he is very mathematically minded, he, he thinks very much about the margins and he talks about the processes and all that kind of thing. And actually what he, he does by just being in the room is allows me to, to throw ideas at him and, and he'll bring me down to earth yeah. because I will spend money before I've got it. Yeah. Um, Every, everyone needs a mature sounding board. You need oh, someone 100%. to... You need some, if you're a salesperson, you're a natural salesman, you've got charisma, you've got that ability, but you need reining in. That's exactly and you need I mean, to be And I've had to have this. And you need to be steered in the right direction exactly because it. you can... I get so excited over things that really are not that... Not really... So, so, so I break it. it down to focusing on the most important. That's you know, it. I begin each day looking at my cash in, I look at my cash out, I look yeah. at where my cash give me influence and then all the positive and sexy and exciting stuff that goes around it that's how you shape your business exactly. and, and I shape my business to make sure I get up and I'm having fun and we're making a difference from what I can see about about where you are so far and you're only at the beginning of that journey you're giving yourself that chance to succeed yeah so you've got you've got a voice you've, you've got a sounding board you've got an amazing reputation for your customers because without that you can't make yeah, a turnover. You know, because if no one wants to talk to you, no one wants to let you quote, no one wants to let you supply, you can have a great idea, but it comes to no nothing. Business, yeah. And, you know, just just sounding out the ideas with people like that, it is, it, you can't put a price on it. And uh, <laughs> sort of sitting down with him, we, we were actually driving into London when I when I told him my plans. We were going to see Biffy Clyro at the Royal Albert Hall. And There's a lot of music in your life, isn't there? Yeah. Dad and I have, have made an effort with, with my brother that most years we'll, we'll go and, and see Biffy Clyro play. We've, we've found a love for music together. Dad actually took me to my first concert in 2003 to see Muse. Yeah, Muse, yeah. Okay, you mentioned that before. Um, didn't that change your, didn't that change your it mindset? Completely changed it my mindset. It got you out of Top of the Pops, didn't it? got me out of Top of the Pops. It, 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 it inspired me enough to pick up a guitar. I joined a band and... And, oh, and did oh, all that stuff. Yeah. And 
you know, I, I, I had a fellow on a few on a show a few podcasts ago, Castle Mick, Mickey Philippa. Mm. Uh, he's got twenty eight guitars. Yeah, I, I don't. No, no, I I haven't actually played the guitar properly since I finished my degree in two thousand and twelve. Okay, so we're going to talk about that. So, where do you see the next five years for DTF Building Supplies? It, it, it's it's an odd one, really, because I'm as you can possibly tell, quite ambitious with, with what I want to achieve. I, I, so I want to get you on. I, I love it. I, 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 love, I love the drive. So for me, it's it's really, as much as it's servicing my customers and, and doing the right thing by my customers and making sure that they're getting the customer service that I will always give, it's actually giving people the opportunity at some point, once my cash flow is sort of a lot more steady, the opportunity to come and work for a startup come and work for someone that's dynamic. I'm never going to be able to pay in the first year of me running a business the best salaries in the world, but what I will do is I'll reward. I'm a firm believer that no salesman should be on a 40k salary anyway. And, and they're actually getting people to be part of that journey. Exactly that. And to, and to grow something, be part of it, yeah. sharing success. It's actually, you know, it, it's really powerful. Yeah. You know, my, my best employees ever have always been the ones that have grown into the role mm. where you give them a chance, whether it's their, their first job or going yeah. back to my merchant sales director days, it was taking that, 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 that lad who's just yeah. had a smile and always spoke to me when I was on the train counter and walked in. I liked him, taking him off that train counter, putting him on the road, yeah. putting him in front of the customers. Guess what he does? He smiles. Yeah. He's nice. He's got a personality. He sells stuff. That's it. You know, it's, it's really, really basic. And, and I think from a, from a, from a, yeah, just for the listeners, what I'd love you to do to, to just encapsulate everything on this journey is just take, you know, 30 to 60 seconds just to tell us, you know, what your business is all about and who your target market is. Okay, so effectively, we are an alternative route to market than your standard builder's merchant. We've got no yard, we're working out of a shed. And, and what we're doing is we've built a network of suppliers that, sell to builders merchants but ultimately speaking take control of everything they deliver it straight to site and they work with people like me to ensure the logistics ensure they've got customers so i work very closely with homeowners builders contractors architects anyone that will talk to me and we build a story or a shopping list of whatever they want to do and we work out the best way of doing it in the best time scale with the best alternative products if the products aren't available. So you're, talk, so you're talking about consistency of price, you know, best price, exactly on time and full delivery, sustainability, you're doing the whole, the whole bag, yeah? Exactly that. We, okay. could, we could build your house from, from start to scratch without leaving a shed. Not bad, mate, not bad. So if I was in that, if I was in that market, you mm-hmm. know, and I'm considering where I'm going to go shopping for my materials, there's all different, there's, there's traditional points on the radar, yeah. okay? So I'm going to go to a national because I've got a credit facility. I'm going to go to an independent because they're a bit polite and they've got yeah. personality. I'm actually going to go to one of those places that have got loads of stuff because they're always open at five in the morning That's and it. I need to get in there. And when I'm really late, I can send my boys there at eight o'clock at night. That's there's it. room for everyone. You're sitting kind of on the outside because you're like a yeah. service provider, exactly stroke friend, stroke kind of, it will be okay. Yeah, it, it's, it's an odd one because actually I don't meet the mould of, of many businesses. There's a handful of people out there doing very similar things to yeah. what we're doing. Um, but what we find is there's no competition. We're all working in different areas. We're all friends. Yeah. We're all talking. And for, for me, it's, it's a case of actually... If I need to get someone some bricks and it's not in stock with my yeah. supplier, but I can get it down the road from Juicen, I'll go into Juicen and I'll buy them. Yeah. And with the, with the view that I've got buying power, I'm yeah. buying on behalf of 10 customers who are going to spend but, 100 pounds. But knowing some of your customer base and knowing that private developer, that, that busy guy that's got seven or eight mm. props on, 
you know, there, there will be a connection between them and you, and there will be a, do you know what, we will actually give you a go, because your, your life's riding on it, yeah. your dinner's riding on it, your That's kids' it. education's riding on it, you're going to really want to make that happen, and yeah, long may it continue, mate. Dan, welcome to my favourite point of the show. <laughs> it's the Floyd Jones penalty shootout. This penalty shootout it involves a ball, it involves some live concerts, and it involves some online gaming. So a few different questions, all right? There's no right or wrong answers. We're going to keep them really quickly. But for the Floyd Jones penalty shootout, to launch us off with question one, Dan, your family, you've told me, has, um, has a love of football, yeah. which you don't necessarily share as passionately as some, but you do share it. You have got Tottenham Hotspur fans, Nottingham Forest fans, and a cheeky brother-in-law who's an Arsenal fan. Exactly that. If you had to rate them yourself, you know, three, two, and one, yeah. who would be your team in third place, second place, and third place, first place? As much as it pains me, and I know it'll pain my dad, Forest come in second, in, in last. Forest down the bottom. Okay. Forest down at last. I, I, I can honestly tell you, I've not followed their journey at all. Since the 90s. I feel sorry for your old man. Do you know? I, what I, mean? I feel sorry for my yeah. old man. He could have. He, he grew up and he could have been a Chelsea fan. He could have picked anyone. And he Imagine picked, if he picked Fulham. Forest, I know, right? He had a life of misery like me. Okay, so so first in third place, who's second? Arsenal. Arsenal. And I say that purely in jest because I, uh, my brother-in-law lives with me, and so having Tottenham at the number one spot just gives the yeah. banter. New ground looks so special, doesn't it? Beautiful. I mean, you know, as, as as new grounds go, they they've they've managed to keep it a football ground and brought Disneyland into it, oh, and, right. and it all works apparently. Uh, uh, my um my best friend was there last week, and uh, he said it's phenomenal. It's uh, yeah. absolutely phenomenal. It feels like home. The, do you know what? Like like being a Fulham fan, Craven Cottage, old fashioned ground on the river, I could go on for ages. Yeah. Modern stadia can go spectacularly bad, and it can go spectacularly right. I don't like the out-of-town modern stadium. No. But anyway, mo moving on, mate, moving on. You're a Sky Sports subscriber. Of course. Passionate sports fan. I like watching sport. I like the involvement of sport. I like sportsmanship. What sport do you watch the most? What Formula channel? One. Formula One. Yeah. Cool. Okay. In Formula One, yeah. who's your favourite driver at the moment and favourite driver of all time? All time, it's got to be Schumacher. I mean, there's not a more influential bloke, let alone driver, that you can sort of latch yourself onto. At the moment, being a Brit, it's got to be Lewis Hamilton. I mean, that the way that man drives is phenomenal. But I'm really excited to see what Lando Norris is going to do. Okay, uh, he's what five? All right. So, so, we've, so we've done two questions. We've done the the, the different football teams in your house, yeah. and we've done you know we've gone into Formula One. Yeah. Question three. I'm actually going to ask you a question which I asked someone in the last episode. Yeah. Uh, also a Formula One fan, fan. So I seem to be embracing motorsport at the moment. <laughs> Don't know how that quite happened, but okay. I asked him very simply. If you had to choose head or tails, Lewis Hamilton or Michael Schumacher, both driving full Fiestas, who's the best driver? Lewis Hamilton. You went for Lewis Hamilton. He went for Schumacher. Yeah. I... I... There's just something about the way that man drives that is so effortless that you almost see, you, you almost saw Richie Schumacher, but Lewis Hamilton is still early 30s. I mean, he's got so much more to give still. I mean, you take take him and add 10 years and you, who knows what's going to happen. 
So sports a big part of your life, Formula One's a big part of your life, music's also a big part of your life. It so is. for question four, and you've sort of alluded to this before, you've got the gigs with your old man, your family, what's the best gig or festival you've ever been to? Best. The one that really shapes you to the core? Uh, for, for me, it was it was less about the gig and more about the experience. And, yeah. uh, me, my dad and my brother went to Bologna in Italy to see Biffy Claro in 2013, two weeks before my son was born. Um, Good timing. So it was excellent timing. Yeah. Um, and it was in an old aircraft hangar, and the atmosphere was phenomenal. There's something very balmy about being in a room with a bunch of Italian fans. And it was an intimate gig. I mean, Biffy Clyro, I saw in the UK um, at Wembley Arena. Mm. You go to this room, it's got 400 people in it, and it, it's intimate. And it's in, my, in my younger days, um, I went to a few. Do's in aircraft hangers. They were yeah. more, uh, they were more acid house and yeah. rave, 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 ravey. Well, I, don't, I don't remember that. One. I don't remember that much of them, but but I do remember the environment, the enclosedness, the music yeah. pumping, the crowd being up for it. It, it, it was really a, it was an atmosphere, and, and for me, because I was there with my dad and my brother, it was yeah. it, there was something special about that. That was the first time we we kind of decided to to go off and and do this this gigging thing. We've all become fans of Biffy Clyro in, in doing so. Um, in turn, we went to see them in. Luxembourg, um, and then my brother couldn't come, but Dad and I went to the acoustic gig last year in the Royal Albert Hall. Okay, last question, number five for the shootout, and um, we've covered much more than I would normally cover because we normally just focus on a football team. Yeah. But here we've gone into we've gone into your passion for music, Formula One, and football. I'm going to talk just one question about Xbox and gaming. Okay. Uh, FIFA, Call of Duty, or Fortnite? What are you best at? I can honestly tell you, I've never played Fortnite. FIFA or Call of Duty? Uh, Depends on what you're doing and who you're with. Okay. For me, I'm a social gamer. I yeah. like I like to be with my mates, cracking open a few beers, and, and we'll battle it out. And if we're battling it out, it will be in Call of Duty. If if there's just a couple of us, it'll be straight down the FIFA yeah. route. And who who do you who do you play? Are you Forest? Are you Spurs? Are you Arsenal? Or do you go for like Athletic Madrid? So I, I'm I'm one of these people with FIFA where I'll play as the underdog. Yeah. And, and I'll go kick the asses of, yeah. of the people that should win. So. When Peter told me about this sort of question, I went out and did some research and put the Xbox on. Nottingham Forest spanked Tottenham 3-0 and they spanked Arsenal 3-0. And you know what? That just shows that either I'm really good at the game or I'm playing it on too easy a level. Yeah. Or you're playing it on that level where it's like a two-player game and you're actually playing yourself. Because I've, yeah. I've heard a lot of people start at that. Yeah, you just swap the swap yeah. over and score a couple yeah. of bang goals. Apparently, so. my son tells me that's the only way you learn is to actually do that. Because otherwise you get spanked all the time. Um, I, I don't know. I, I don't lose often. Here we go. <laughs> Billy Big Time. Okay, in the words of Romeo from the Sony Crew, 2 multiplied by 10 plus 1. Romeo done. That's the end of the quiz then. Brilliant. Dan, you've been an absolutely fantastic guest. Thank you. All right. I think we could have gone on for all afternoon. I've got time if you want me. Yeah, we generally could go on all afternoon. I don't want to go sit in that traffic. We generally could go on all afternoon, mate. And you're welcome to stay at Foy Jones Towers for as long as you want. There's always a hot desk out there for anyone who's passing. But to wrap things up, and I think this is a really powerful message we could end this episode of the Foy Jones Show on. Um, I'd like you to think about others that are maybe in your situation, all right? at the beginning of their careers, at the end of their careers, somewhere in the middle of their career, and they're in that like, devil in the deep blue sea, stick or twist, 
I've got an idea, I think I can make it work. You know, they're, they're toying about becoming an entrepreneur, becoming a business owner, or just going out there and trying to do something. Mm. What advice would you give to yourself back then or to someone in, in this situation? Everything's a risk, full stop. I mean, I, I, I did three years at university, got myself into some debt, and that's normal. Everyone, there's a percentage of people in this country that go out and, and do university and take three years of their life and take that financial gamble on themselves. And it's, it's a ridiculous financial gamble now. I mean, you're looking at 50, 60,000 pounds worth of debt when you come out the other end. And there's no guarantee at the other yeah. end that you're gonna walk into a job. I mean, I did a degree in music. Do I work in the music industry? Do I act? Not yet. Well, I ever. <laughs> Doubt it. Um, so, so, so for me, if, if you've got that idea, I'm not saying jump and run, but, but qualify. Talk to as many people as you feel you can talk to. I sat on my idea for nearly two years before I actually opened my mouth. And, and the first thing that I was told by several people was that I was stupid for not doing it sooner. Mm. I just needed that, that kind of kick up my backside to go, actually, I've got something that's meaningful here. I'm, I'm decent enough at what I do that if I fail, I can go and find someone like Peter and, and I'm employable enough and I can sort of swallow my own ego and go and do that. But I'm hoping it will never come to that. Mm. But ultimately speaking, qualify the idea as much as you can and, and take a risk on yourself. I mean, for goodness sake, if you've been to university, you've already done a, a risk on yourself. Give yourself 12 months, give it a go, talk to as many people as you can mm. and put the work in. If you work hard, play hard, you, you will succeed. We, we've been doing a lot of work recently and we've been talking to people at all different levels about what they want to be when they grow up. And, mm. it, and it sounds a really, really cheesy question, but when you ask someone, you know, when you was at school, what did you want to do? You know, I, I answer all the time, I wanted to be sent forth for Fuller. Yeah. Right? But you ask people that, and then you look at what they're doing, and whether it's through their, their qualification, for education, or whatever, you end up in different pathways. Mm. But if you could go again, and you could actually do something which you really enjoy, yeah. you're really passionate about, and like, like with your situation, it's involving your family, it's involving yeah. your friends, how powerful is that? It's we're only around huge. once, aren't we? We're, we're only huge. here once. So, so what did you want to be when you grew up? Uh, I, I'm a really, really... Boring, I can't wait for this answer. I'm a boring human being. I, I grew up... That's why we get on so well. I, I saw my dad working at SIG. He was in the same branch for 28 years, and I grew up... I want to be like my dad. I want to work like in that said. office situation. I want to run the team. Yeah. Of course, you turn into a teenager, you're influenced by your friends, and, and that path does move forward. And, and I, I found a love for music, I found a love for performing, I found a love for, for everything around sort of the musicianship. But you have to grow up at some point. I couldn't fathom the idea of having a, a young family and a music career because I was doing sound engineering at the time. Of, of the birth of my son on the side of working at home base. So I was working full time, plus evenings, just to kind of keep that music in me. And then my wife got pregnant, I'm like, I can't work these nights. I just can't do the evening, something's got to give. And, and the music industry is one that doesn't sleep. Mm. Um, I, was at, I was at venues till two, three o'clock in the morning and you kind of go, I, I, as much as I love it, I think this is the bit that's got to go. Okay. There you go. So, so we moved away from we moved away from that. We've come to where we are now. Let's 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 look at let's look at what you've achieved. Yeah. You're 29 years old. You've got a young family. You've got DTS building materials up and running. Going into month six. Yeah. I can't wait to invite you back in at the end of month 12 to talk about your first year, mate. You've been awesome. a fantastic Thank guest. Thank you so much for having me. Really Brilliant, mate. It. Nice to meet you. Super. Cheers.
So that's the end of the show. Thanks for listening. You can find out more about Foyne Jones by visiting our website or connecting with me on LinkedIn. We are Foyne Jones. This is what we do.